Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Oddball Podcast. It's Anthony. I'm back. It's been a while. It has been a while. Haven't spoken to you guys in a little bit. Took a little bit of a hiatus, but we're back, and I promise we're back, we're back, we're back. And what better way to be back with a top 10 Tuesday? We have a top 10 for you guys today, and this week we're going to go over the top 10 point guards in the league. And obviously, these are all my opinions. Some of these people you might agree with, you might wish were higher, you might wish were lower. But if you don't like my list, go ahead, make your own. That's fine too. But yeah, as always, you already know, follow me on Instagram at the Oddball Podcast. And if you have any questions, anything you want to see, go ahead and email me at the oddballpod at gmail.com. Yeah, so you know, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Just something light, a quick top 10 Tuesday, top 10 point guards at number 10. We have Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon is honestly one of the most slept on, underrated players in this league. He kind of like took the throne from Drew Holiday as being the most underrated. I think Drew Holiday is still a little bit underrated, but you know, it got to the point where everyone was saying he's so underrated that he's kind of like, you know, properly rated, I would say. But yeah, Malcolm Brogdon doesn't get nearly the, as much love from NBA fans as he should. But yeah, you know, Malcolm Brogdon has a career high of points this year at 22 points per game, averaging close to seven assists per game and four rebounds per game. And, you know, this man is just the epitome of steady. You know, this 10th spot could have gone to a lot of players. Um, I don't want to say who is or isn't on the list just yet because obviously that'll ruin the surprise. But yeah, I mean, like I said, he has a career high in points this season and he helped the Pacers hold on to that fifth seed at the time that, you know, at the time we're recording, they are the fifth seed. Yeah, you know, although I don't think he's an all-star this year, just because I feel like that goes to Sabonis for the Pacers, uh, Malcolm Brogdon has, is just one of the best, you know, steady players on this team. I don't think he'll ever be the best player on a championship-winning team, but pair him with one or two pieces, you know, that team is definitely going to be good. He's definitely somebody who can control the floor, control the tempo, and you know when you need a bucket or if you need somebody that's going to make the right play, he's going to do that for you. Um, as for you know, as for the Pacers, Pacers are always a funny team. You know they're gonna be there in the regular season. They're gonna be you know fourth, fifth, even like a third seed sometimes. But you know after actually listening to Paul George on the All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes, he was saying that uh, that you know when he was on the Pacers, they always wanted to be competitive, but they never wanted to win. And that kind of stuck with me because I kind of feel that you know I kind of feel that the Pacers they're always a good team. They're always competitive, but do you even see the Pacers, you know, making it to the conference finals? I know I don't. I know I haven't. So I don't think that's a small market thing. I think that's just that team. They do stay competitive, but that's about the end of that. Okay, at number nine. Number nine. Number nine was kind of kind of tricky for me. So I went with Jamal Murray at number nine. Jamal Murray, if it was Bubble Murray, if it was Bubble Jamal Murray, this he would have been a lot higher on this list. This boy was getting buckets. He had an MJ-esque you know, layup against the Lakers. But yeah, I mean, Bubble Murray would have been higher on this list. But Jamal Murray this season, he's averaging 19, four and a half assists per game and four rebounds per game. I'm surprised that this is like a career high for him in points. He's never gotten above 20 points per game, which is kind of crazy for me. But nevertheless, Jamal Murray is part of like the Nuggets foundation. And alongside Jokic, who's having an MVP season, I mean, he's easily top five MVP, if not number one. You know, maybe Jamal Murray doesn't have to do too much because of that, but nevertheless, he is hooping. He is, you know, a really big part of that Nuggets offense. 
And yeah, the Nuggets are sitting fourth right now in the Western Conference. So I can see that the thing is with Jamal Murray, he has the potential to get this team not necessarily over the hump, but to become, you know, a one seed, a two seed to have home court advantage. But with the way he's been playing this season, um, about fourth is where they're at, and that's where I can see them staying. Uh, Jokic is doing a lot for that team, and if you know they continue to play the way they've been playing, they're going to be a tough, a tough, a tough out in the playoffs. I don't, I don't see them coming out of the West, but fourth is exactly where I would have them. So, no, yeah, kudos to Jamal Murray. I just miss that, you know, the highlight factor that he was in the bubble. You know, every time he played it, he was either going off for points, he was going to have, you know, crazy shots, crazy layups, crazy finishes. I, either way, he was just a highlight factory. So I do miss that, but hopefully he'll get the, you know, he'll get back to that soon. At number eight, this guy will definitely, he'll be up there in a few years, but he's not there yet. I have John Morant at number eight. John Morant, and the reason why he's not higher is also because he did miss a good amount of games because of his ankle sprain. In his sophomore season, he's averaging nearly 19 points per game, seven assists per game, and only two rebounds a game. But either way, I didn't—I mean, you don't expect him to be, you know, getting you know seven plus rebounds a game with his stature and his size. But either way, you know, the former Rookie of the Year is coming off a bad ankle sprain, like I said earlier, and but he's still putting up numbers for the Grizzlies. You know, although the Grizzlies aren't in the playoff picture right now, we know that if he wasn't there, they would have been a hell of a lot worse. Hopefully, Jaron Jackson Jr.—he'll be back soon, and we'll see that combo play on the court. And I think that'll definitely put them in the playoff picture. I see them going around maybe like a seventh or eighth seed, but you know the ninth seed fighting for that play-in tournament—that's about—that's about right. I'm not mad at it. You know, for him to be carrying that load, definitely important. And you know what people be forgetting though about the Grizzlies in general—they got somebody sleeping on that bench. They got um, Justice Winslow just chilling there. He's chilling on the bench right now. He is injured, but you know when he comes back. He's been he has he is one of those players that he does have something to prove in this league. You know, he was he was a three and D guy in Miami or he was he was drafted in hopes of being a three and D guy, but you know, the defense was always good. The shot never really came, but hopefully in a new you know, in a new home in Memphis, we'll see a resurgence in his career and hopefully he'll be back on the court soon. But yeah, you know, John John Moran, he'll be a top five point guard in our league one day, but it's a little too soon. It's a little too soon in my opinion. At number seven, okay. Number seven was also pretty tough for me this whole list was tough i mean top three were pretty like okay i got it but this whole list you know that you can kind of mix and match these players interchangeable and all this stuff but number seven i have chris paul as my seven best point guard this season and i know i know i know i know he's old i know he's not even the best player on his team i get it but you can't deny that any team chris paul goes to is immediately competitive he gets every team to the playoffs and this season, he's still putting up decent numbers. He's still averaging 16 points per game, almost nine assists a game, and almost five rebounds a game. And, you know, he is, he's not the best player on that team. He is the smartest player on that team, if I would say. He is a floor general, the epitome of a floor general, the point god. He's going to set up everyone and put them in places to be successful. I 100% get that. But with Devin Booker on that team and DeAndre Ayton on that team, it just works seamlessly. Yeah, no, Chris Paul is one of those players where I really hope he finishes his career. Even if he just ring chases when he's really old, I don't mind. I just want him to win something because he is a great player. He's the epitome of a point guard. And he's just a vet that doesn't need a score to be effective. He can do a lot of things on the court. So yeah, number seven, I have Chris Paul. Okay, at number six, I don't know. I... I'm not a big fan of this player, not going to lie, but you can't deny that he is really, 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 really good. 
But yeah, Ben Simmons at number six, in my opinion. The only reason why he's not higher is because he just doesn't have that quote-unquote it factor. Somebody who can take over the game. Somebody who, when you need a bucket, you know they can get a bucket. Uh, ben Simmons is averaging 13.4 points per game, 8 assists, and 8 rebounds. And, you know, like I said, Ben Simmons is great. You can't take anything from him. But I, after looking at his basketball reference page, tell me how he just doesn't progress. And I know that's cliche. You know, you see on social media that he hasn't been progressing. His game hasn't been evolving. And it's just true. I mean, he's averaging career lows in points. And it's just his game hasn't gone to the next level. And no, I'm not asking him to be Steph Curry. I'm not asking him to be James Harden. I don't want him to... You know, he doesn't have to have a three-pointer to be effective. But when you can't get a bucket past five feet from the rim, that's that's a problem. I mean, we're seeing that with Giannis now. You know, Giannis is a better shooter than Ben Simmons because he's actually willing to take the shots. But when it comes to closing games, that ball goes to Chris Middleton. And it's the same thing with the 76ers. If you're closing games, that ball is going to go to Embiid or it's going to go to one of the shooters like Tobias Harris or, you know, or Seth Curry. But that ball in Ben Simmons' hands... If he was more aggressive, I think the 76ers would be the favorite in the East. But either way, I'm talking all this smack about him, but the 76ers are still sitting at first in the Eastern Conference as of recording this podcast today. And I don't know if that's from Joel Embiid and the MVP season he's having or, you know, the way the team is built. Uh, you know, Daryl Morey made some really good trades and stuff like that. But when we're just talking about Ben Simmons himself, I understand counting stats might not tell the whole story, but I just wish we could get a little bit more. I want to see the, you know, the quote-unquote next Magic Johnson, next LeBron James when he was hyped up coming into the lead in, league and stuff like that. You know, we're just not seeing that yet. At number five, we got Ice Trey. Trey Young. Trey Young, he, there's somebody else on this list that I like to compare Trey Young to. Not because of the way they play, not at all, but Trey Young. He's, he has no problems off the court, but when you see him on the court, it's annoying. I'm not going to lie. It's annoying. He he just gets thrown around everywhere. He's small, so he gets beat up. He stops so that way somebody can hit him from behind. But it's just like he just gets fouled so much. Um, but, yeah, no, Ice Trey is averaging 26.6 points per game, 9 assists, 4.2 rebounds. But no one has a problem with him off the court, like I said. But, man, this guy is annoying to watch on the court. He's so crafty, and he forces the refs to make some calls. That He lives on the free throw line because of that. And uh, he is a lock to be an all-star again. That's without a doubt. Uh, and although his numbers are slightly down from last year, I mean, that does make sense now that he has to you know, carry less of a load. He has John Collins back. Although Gallinari and uh, Bogdanovich aren't really playing, he has help from Clint Capella and things like that. So he doesn't have to do as much, which makes sense. So that's why you see a little bit of a drop-off. But yeah, I mean, you know, the Hawks are sitting at the seventh seed. And that's about where I had them. I did want them to go up a little bit more. I, I thought a sixth seed was definitely possible for them. But yeah, seventh seed is exactly where I thought they would be coming into the season. So they are meeting expectations. I just, yeah, I mean, Trey Young, top five. At number five, that works. I'm not mad at that. Number four. Oh, and really quick about making this list. I'm going to cut myself really quick. I'm going by people that are real, like, stereotypical point guards. I understand James Harden plays the point sometimes. I understand LeBron James is a point forward. I get it. But that would be cheating. That wouldn't be fun if I did it like that. So I'm talking point guards. I know Ben Simmons is tall as hell, but 
he is listed as a point guard. He does play point guard, but yeah, just had to get that out of the way. So if if LeBron James and James Harden aren't one and two, don't get mad. Like I said, I'm going stereotypical. You're black and white. Is he a point guard or not? And these people are, you know, these players play point guard. So number four, Kyrie Irving. We got Uncle Drew at number four, averaging 27.5 points per game, 5.7 assists per game, and 4.8 rebounds per game. Kyrie Irving is confusing, bro. You know, he is one of the, like, NBA's most polarizing players off the court. You know, say what you want about his personality or, like, all his woke comments and things like that. Like, everyone is fighting their own demons, and however he copes with that is how he copes with that. And that's all off the court stuff. But when you see him on the court, there is nobody more fun to watch than Kyrie Irving. This man is, like, one of the most technically skilled basketball players of all time. You know, as a rookie, Kyrie Irving showed us his ability to, like, finish around the rim. And he's just gotten even better from there. You know, he obviously has one of the most clutch shots in NBA Finals history. And, you know, this season is a little bit of a resurgence for him. He's set to return to the All-Star game this season without a doubt. And with this season, he has career highs in scoring. And the Nets are obviously going to be unstoppable. And they are my pick to come out the East. But they're probably everyone's pick to come out the East when you have that three-headed monster. But... Either way, Kyrie Irving at number four. I think if he would have played a little bit more games, he might be able to sneak at number three for this season specifically. But at number four, I like where he's at right there. At number three. Okay, so number three, last season would have been different. I'm not going to lie. Last season, it would have been really different. But from where we are now at this point in the season, early February, Luka Doncic is number three. And... He's averaging, really quick, he's averaging 27 points, 9 assists, and almost 9 rebounds a game. So he's almost averaging a triple-double. Luka Doncic, mark my words, will one day be the best point guard in the league. One day, I promise you, he'll be the best point guard in the league. I'll put money on it, I promise. But as of right now, as of this season, it's a bit of a down year for him. And understandably, I get it, like, the circumstances of this season, it's different. Conditioning was shorter. Players are getting injured. Players are out for COVID protocols. I get it. But the Mavericks have obviously been underperforming. But I don't think that's because of Luka's play. But more of, like I said, the safety and health protocols and Porzingis being out and things like that. And the Mavs have just been struggling. They've been 14th in the West, second to last place in the West. And that just that just goes to show you, I feel like that team is constructed not as good as it was last year. A player like Seth Curry makes a big difference for that team. I think his ability to play make is so underrated. And obviously, he's one of the best shooters in our league, just like his brother. And I think someone like Josh Richardson, although he is a good player, don't get me wrong, I don't think he provides that team as much as Seth Curry did. And I think you are seeing that on the court because without Luka on that court, the Mavs' offense is ugly. Their defense is ugly. Their team is just ugly when Luka's not playing. Um... But yeah, hopefully hopefully we can see the Mavs have a resurgence as well and see if they can push to be in the playoff picture by the end of the season. Because someone like Luka is someone like, you know, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and like even Ben Simmons where you can actually say if they wanted to, they could average a triple-double just because they're that good. They do a little bit of everything. And yeah, so number three is definitely where I'm putting him for right now. But mark my words. Next season, two seasons, three seasons from now, he'll easily be number one. But yeah, for right now, number three is where I have him at. Number two. 
this, it makes me sad because I really wanted to put him at number one, but I just couldn't. So number two, I put Damian Lillard as the second best point guard in our league. He had been slept on for so long, and honestly, he was my pick for MVP this season prior to the season starting. But yeah, Damian Lillard, he is the second best point guard in our league, averaging 29 points per game, 7.3 assists per game, and 4.6 rebounds per game. Uh, yeah, Damian Lillard put the world on notice last year during his bubble run. I mean, if you didn't know who he was, I mean, you probably should have known who he was. But if you didn't, you definitely knew him after the bubble. Um, after averaging 30 last year, he follows up this season averaging 29. Uh, this man is just one of the clutchest players of all time. I mean, it's that simple. They're, they're, you know, you have those clutch players like Joe Johnson, for example, that like they have a list of game winners, and you've seen them a hundred times. But to do it in the playoffs. To do what this man does in the playoffs, it's crazy. It's reminiscent of, like, you know, Michael, of Kobe. Like, it's just crazy. But, now nah, he's a cold-blooded killer. Damian Lillard is by far, you know, one of the top players in our league right now. Like I said, he was my pick for MVP. But although I don't think that'll happen anymore, just because the Trailblazers, I mean, they are exceeding expectations, in my opinion. They are the fifth seed. So, after having Nurkic out and Collins out and all this stuff, him and CJ have been balling. But I think because CJ has actually been so good, I do think that takes away a little bit from Lillard and him having an MVP season. But either way, I mean, this man is special. So yeah, I, Damian Lillard at number two, easy choice. At number one, we have the chef. We got Chef Curry. We got Steph Curry. We got whatever you want to call him. The babyface assassin. Stephen Curry is the best point guard in the league. 28 points per game, 6.1 assists per game, 5.5 rebounds per game. And without him, the Warriors are trash. Yes, without him, the Warriors are trash. Last year, they were dead last in the Western Conference. And right now, he's led the Warriors to the seventh seed in the West, which is tough. I mean, it's in the playoffs, in the playoffs in the West. The Warriors were dead last last year in the West. And I know, obviously, like last year, they were decimated by injuries and Steph Curry wasn't there. But that just goes to show you, like, what an impact he makes on the court. He's back this season, and I think he did reclaim the throne as the best point guard in the league. He's already a top five point guard of all time, and like who knows where he'll be like in the all-time ranking by the end of his career, but he completely revolutionized the game of basketball. You can't go to the, like you go to any pickup game and you got people pulling up from 30 easily, they're pulling up from deep range. He. We'll see what the Warriors do this season, having Oubre and Wiggins, and hopefully they get more comfortable playing with each other. I do think they are a first-round exit. Don't get me wrong, they are really good. Steph Curry, he, he could easily shut me up and get them a little bit further than that. But yeah, as an individual basketball player, Stephen Curry is the best point guard in this league. Um, if you disagree, like I said, go ahead and make your own list. That's fine. But yeah, that was just a quick rundown of my top 10 point guards in this league there were some players i really wanted to put on like russell westbrook mike conley just to name a few but even players like kyle lowry could have made it but it's like to be top 10 i obviously you have to be picky some players just didn't make the cut um mike conley continues to be slept on but either way these are my top 10 let me know what you guys think like i said follow me on instagram at the oddball podcast and we'll see you in the next episode.